Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your main man, aka Crazy Crockett, aka Andre's Podcast. Look, folks, it's me again, the crazy one. I am known for crazy stuff, for saying crazy stuff as a youngster, uh, hung out with a bunch of uh, brothers. Um, when I mean brothers, I mean black folks. Uh, in my 20s, uh, I was basically the outcast of my own community in a nice uh, residential area of Jenison, Hudsonville. Not really an outcast, but maybe more like a person that didn't feel included or part of a the teenage revolution of my generation. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, um, that I am a person with uh, a disability. And I don't have YouTube yet, and I don't have it, so I can't prove it to you. But I do have a an arm that it's uh, really dysfunctional, uh, disabled, and the fingers don't work. Um, uh, most likely, I had a, a a a stroke as a child or during childbirth. So I'm telling you this. And I wanted people to, to know that I created this podcast for that reason, to express my thoughts and ideas about being disabled. And I went away from it for a while, and I talked to Ron and I, on my show every once in a while. We talked about his wheelchair, his van, uh, me being disabled, us being disabled. And then we talked about, with uh, Parley Sean, about sports, and I talked to you guys about uh, politics with Gary from Grand Rapids Brewing. Thank you, Grand Rapids Brewing, for being there for us. Uh, time of drinking. But let's be real. So I created this podcast to give people, men out there, a source to communicate with the whole world about being disabled. And a lot of people say, well, you can't feel sorry for yourself. You shouldn't... Uh, Focus on your disability. You should focus on being positive. You should focus on trying to be uh, a good person, and you are a good person. And no one, no matter what anybody says, we all love you for who you are. And it's something that's been breaded in my brain for the times that I came to here on Earth, especially with my parents. And I know most of you haven't heard my story. So I was adopted, I was abandoned as a child, I most likely had a stroke or a seizure or some form. Uh, my whole left side is not uh, really able to do anything. I can lift things with my arm, helping with my arm, but my the parts of my brain doesn't click. And what I mean by clicking, I mean like, um, a lot of it is connecting the dots to learn new things or new information. And that also will affect my um, uh, lifestyle, I guess. My lifestyle or my way of living or comfortable living. Um, a lot of people my, who are listening might say, well, you can collect disability or you can uh, have family members that can support you. You can, you can do whatever it takes to to get people around you to help you. But the real issue is this. So I recently got a new job. 
at an contract. I no longer work at um, a rehab center. Uh, the circumstances came down that that I that I did get frustrated and I did get upset and I did, you know, when I get upset, I can let things go for so long and you know, long story short, uh, management told us or my nutrition group told me and my manager told me that certain items and certain food uh, cannot be ordered over and over again. And that was the case. And we all had to listen to those rules. And come to find out, the nurses were telling the, our staff that it didn't matter. We were going to order food for the patient and it didn't matter how many times we had to reorder the food. My management told me that that's not possible. That's not, that's not acceptable. And the management groups, when the, our management went group was talking to the nurse techs and the nurse, the, the nurses department and the, the lead nurse and everything with it. So coming to find out, second shift and some of the first shifters were doing exactly what they were not supposed to do. They listened to the nurses, they listened to the nurse text, and they just kept ordering food. But in my case, I was following the rules by what she was telling me, what my manager was telling me, that I cannot order extra food for our patients just because they're hungry. They cannot order a second tray. So long story short, my management, my managers know that that they that the other employees are not listening to them, but instead of talking to them and making sure that they did their job correctly, they would just pretend to get upset and then not and not do anything to the people who would who would disobey those rules and come to find out I would get upset. And then I would uh, swear underneath my breath. But sometimes it would be loud enough for the staff workers to hear me. And that's what got me in trouble overall. And that's why I no longer work there because of those circumstances. But here's, like, here's the story, though. Here's the second back, the back side of that story. So a lot of you people out there might say, well, you shouldn't swear. Stop swearing at work, right? You shouldn't do that. Don't do that. And, um, but, where, but, where does it, but where does the responsibility come go? Is it responsibility of mine to tell the second shifters to do their job? Is it the manager's responsibility to ob obtain the law, to uphold the law? So... If you're going to tell everyone to do exactly what you're supposed to do, then everyone should play by the same rule. Or do you just, or do you just say to me, "Look, Andre, the nurse, the nurses upstairs are not listening to me, and I know that the second shifters and some of the first shifters are doing exactly what the nurses want." And I've told you that we can't do that. But now I've changed the rules. If they do it, I don't care if you do it. And that's really the point that I'm trying to say. If you're going to follow the, if you're going to make rules for two different 
for two different people, you need to keep the same rules for everybody. And uh, and 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 most of you people out there might say, "Well, great, you moved on, you got a new job, let it go." But this doesn't really help me out at all because now I have to start over on my vacation time, on my PTO, on my sick days. I'm not sick at all. Most time, I'm never sick. But when you're in your late 40s and your brain is one is one third dif- inefficient and your left side is not really capable of doing a lot of things you or i become the problem and what i mean by that is that my my intelligence my cognitive thinking my cognitive learning is a default there's an error so now i have to start all over I have to work my way back up. And a lot of people will tell you, why didn't you just leave? Well, you got to remember, when people like me are trying to apply for a new job, and we have to put down on our resume, I mean, on the application, are you or are you not disabled? And the real answer is yes. But the other answer is no, because if you're able to do certain things on the job then it doesn't matter if you're disabled or able however when you go to the job interview and you and you go to the interviewer and he looks at you and says oh and your name is so and so and how are you doing blah 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 but in reality what you see is that they are looking at you left and up and down and your left hand and the whole bit. So my left hand is pretty obviously it doesn't work. So my left arm works, but my left hand doesn't. So where am I going with this? So what I'm trying to tell people is that is that it's fr- it, it is frustrating to be a guy who is who 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 any guy who has problems with work especially with men who are disabled who are working we don't have a spokesperson for us we don't have that cognitive no, I mean not cognitive but that group setting where we look so that we that we have backup we don't have that I don't have that. Most of you people out there are like, what do you mean? Well, you got to understand that. If I were to ask for accommodations, if I were to say to a higher management or HR and says, my boss at the hospital lied to me. She said that we had to do this a certain way. And she knew for a while that second shift was doing the job incorrectly. And instead of correcting them, they th- I felt they were throwing me under the bus. So when I would not do what the nurses wanted me to do to give extra food, they got upset with me and said that I was uncompro uh, I was not a I was not a good employee or I was a confrontational employee or I'm not a 
a, a person that they want to work with. So if I went to HR and said something to HR, they would look at me as I was the prop. Because if the nurses said to HR and says, no, we went to other employees and we asked them for food and they gave it to us. When we went to Andre, he did not give us the food or the extra food. And when, and if they said to HR and says, well, his manager did say that we were never, we were not allowed to get, receive extra food, but we worked around it. So we asked other nurse, uh, other nutrition staff to order the food for us. And it didn't seem to be the problem with the manager. So we kept asking for more food. But Andre was not capable or did not want to order the food. So Andre is the prop. And a lot of you people out there are like, why are we talking about this? What's, what's the end game? But the end game is like I said before. I don't have the luxury of having someone to back me up and give me any clearance or any favorable, uh, respectable point of view. I just don't have that. And uh, now, now I have to put myself out there and convince other people that I am capable of doing the job and I am capable of becoming a team player. And when they ask me, what happened to your other job? Why did you quit? Where where'd you go? There's two things I could say to them. A, I could lie. And I did, and I do sometimes, and say, no, I just wanted to go to a different field into the warehouse worked. I'd rather do that warehouse job, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And I know for a while it's a lie. And with that lie, does the HR or the, or the interviewer can go back to my old job sites or my old jobs and ask HR what happened to me. Would you hire this person again? And if they say no, that could be a good indication that they didn't like me. But they don't. But they cannot ask you why did they did not like me. But the, here's my other option. I could say to them, yes, I did get fired. And then they say, why did you get fired? And even if I say to them and say, I got fired because me and management cannot look eye to eye. And I got f- frustrated and upset. And then I moved on and I learned my lesson for what happened. But how is that lesson what happened? If I didn't do nothing wrong, if it didn't get to that point for me to swear out loud to myself, how is that my fault? Well, it, it is my fault, right? Because I'm the one that swore. But if it didn't get to that point, I would never have to swear. So if my boss said, Andre, guess what? If they don't care, I don't care, and either should you. And just do whatever they tell you. 
And if that was the case, then that would have been fine. But here's another problem with this indication, whatever I'm trying to tell you folks. When the staff members don't do other things on the job, for example, at the hospital, if they don't go to the new patients and ask them what they want to eat and they input food that they did not order, we have to go back to that jet. We have to go back to the patient and say, hey, uh, I heard you're upset that you are, did not get what you wanted for breakfast. You did not order this for breakfast. So we have to go backtrack and then go to those rooms to ask them what they want for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for that day. So technically, when I go to do my job and ask my patients what they want to eat, it's for the following day because of physical therapy. When physical therapy is in the room, we have to leave the room. We have to help the patient after they leave and come back to the room after they're done with therapy. Because therapy, that's why it's called, it's why it's a rehab center. Because therapists have the trump card or they have the okay light to do whatever they wanted to do with a patient respectively and i don't know why i'm telling you all this because for most of you listeners out there you're like why am i listening to this but a lot of you people out there are going to know this you don't like your job some of you want to quit some of you want to swear at your boss someone you want to Tell your coworkers to F off and so on and so forth. But I want to tell you that when I when I have to, when we have to go and backtrack to talk to all the patients to fix their problems, it falls back on first shift. And if I didn't do that, then it would be my fault for the patient not to receive the correct breakfast, lunch, and dinner of that day. But the second shift is not responsible for it. So um, let's move on from that, okay? So let's move on and talk about other aspects of being disabled. The other aspects of disabled is that I have to always be very uh, closely uh, I am what I say to people. I have to be very careful to not to make uh, jokes about being disabled or 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 things that may be inappropriate for people with a disability. And a lot of people tell you it's you have to know your audience, right? However, when I have to find a new job, look for a new place to work full-time, I have to be very careful of how I present myself. And if I share any ounce or anything that's a weakness in my personality, that looks real bad. That looks super, super bad for me. And for every disabled person, okay? Because if I, I were to say something that they didn't agree on, it would look bad on me, okay? 
And most people say, what's the big deal? Well, this is the big deal. If I was an able-bodied person and I said something about uh, not working as fast as others, they could they could acknowledge it and say, okay, how about this? How about we work with you and regardless of how fast or how slow you are, it doesn't really matter because you can do so many things with two good hands and two good arms and and you seem to to be a good kid. However, if you're a disabled man and if you tell them that you're a little slower, that's a red flag for them. They'll, They'll ask you, what happened? Why are you slow? What can I do to make things faster? But if that's the case, how do I, I mean, they're so concerned about things that don't matter because some people who are able-bodied are slow and they always will be slow and then sometimes they're slower than me okay so if i were to if i were to tell people like you have to understand this is why in some cases i didn't did not really want to be born i don't i did not choose to to be disabled. I did not choose to get frustrated when my other coworkers don't do their job correctly. I did not choose to to work with them. I did not choose to work with managers who who are who are not capable of doing their job. I have to as people with disability, sometimes we have to do the really crappy jobs that we don't like and we're always in that platform of jobs that are very uh pre or jobs that are not post college jobs that are very simple jobs that do not give a good income base it does not give you raises does not give you uh a good um uh 401k plans retirement plans uh vacation times and what happens as you get older is that a lot of people will give you that look on your face that you're the trouble you're the problem you're everything you're you are the issue and a lot of times when you come from places that you work in a low low uh bracket income bracket you have to work with managers who are not that good either so for example the people will tell you andre you should work at mcdonald's you should work at Burger king you should work at these warehouses and all this stuff making 20 25 a year but you know what that means that means i have to work with people who are at the same level who don't want to work there, don't want to try, don't want to do anything with that system, uh, will make up the stories, lies, everything. It doesn't matter. And that's what sucks about this whole thing. It sucks that I cannot progress in life financially, educationally. Uh, and a lot of people tell you, why don't you just go to school? What? Well, I really don't want to go back to school. I'm in my 40s and I learn very slow 
when people would take four classes or five classes in college, it's about memory. It's about understanding the rules of the math or memorizing your subjects. I have a problem with math. I have a problem with memorizing things at short-term memory. And not really long-term, but, you know, if I don't have short-term memory, how can you remember long-term, right? But but if I were to take three classes per semester, it's happened to me, to me twice, where I took my math class, I took my English classes, but because I was such a slow learner in college, those credits went away. Those math and those reading, those reading classes and those math classes were obsolete because I didn't finish those classes. And Grand Rapids Community College, they kind of look at me every time I go back there and try to relearn the stuff, redo it. They kind of look at me like, "Oh, here you go again." This is like the fourth or fifth time trying to get associates, and you're not there to get associates. We know. And that's kind of what you see a lot. You see that look on their face like they're almost in disgrace or almost like wondering why you're here. Okay? And I I tell you, folks, when I work at this place on track, they gave me the wrong address, this new place. They gave me the wrong address. Their, uh, their entrance uh, was in the back couldn't find it other people got lost but I got there late and that in itself would almost explain to them oh he's slow he's special he needs more help he needs this this is one the, the biggest disadvantage about being disabled is that you cannot officially continue with your life you just cannot. You're kind of stuck. And I say this a lot. When I mean stuck, I mean women don't really think that you're attractive, even though if I have a good-looking face or not, depending on who you are. My body looks deformed, especially my left-hand side. So I, I'll tell you the story again. I tell you the story again. So, I was in Manelli's, a bar in Wyoming. It was like a Friday, Saturday night. All the regulars have things to do. So, it's a really bar that's a bar that a lot of the regulars go to. And uh, so, I go there. And it's by myself. And all my friends are grown. They're, this is, this is, this is when, when we're in our mid-30s. My friends all got married, have kids, uh, have girlfriends, or the second wife, whatever you want to call it. So here I am. I'm in Minnelli's by myself, and this girl approaches me. However, she approaches me in a way that she can't see my left hand. And I started talking to her. And I you know we, and we get along very well, and we, the conversation was great. Conversation's awesome. And I buy her a drink. And then I really had to go to the bathroom. But I knew that she was almost to the point where she said, Hey, how about 
how about I get your number or how about we go back to your place or my place? And that's kind of where she was about to be at. And then suddenly I had to go to the bathroom. And then suddenly I had to show my, my left hand is exposed. And as soon as that my left hand was exposed, I looked at her and she was disgusted. Completely disgusted. And when I came back from the bathroom, she was gone, long gone. So a lot of people say, well, she wasn't the right girl for you. But you know what? That's, that's never the point. The point is that I'm still disabled. I still look disabled. And I'm not a very negative guy. I'm really optimistic, positive. I like to have a good time. But there's one thing that women look for. Women look for stability. Women look for humor. Women look for a a person that is an able-bodied person. And some of you may say, well, there are some guys that are disabled. Yes, maybe there is. But those guys became disabled or because that one girl met the person who's disabled at a very young age or in the beginning of her maturity level and they connected and she didn't care. It doesn't happen to all of us. It really doesn't. There's a lot of women out there that may like me and may think I'm attractive. But those same women... I never, those same women would never tell me the truth about how they feel about me. They would never, ever, well, they tell me, I tell you when they will tell me the truth is when their husbands or ex-husbands have passed away. And then I become like their last resort. But this is just their own little fantasy of being with somebody like me or they've always liked me but they never wanted to express the, that thought, that feeling. And some of you people out there are like, you're bullshitting me, you're lying, stop lying. I'm not lying. I'm not going to name the girls out there because that's I don't want them to know. I'll tell you the first names. Kim, Lisa, Kristen. There's at least three women out there right there. But you know what? They never, ever will ever, ever admit that they like me in that way of fashion. I remember with one girl, with one girl, her dad figured out that she liked me. And from that point on, she cannot work at the same place that where we were working at. So he said to her, you can't work here anymore. He didn't directly say that to her in front of me. But she and I were flirting and interacting with each other. And we're talking. And and everything that was supposed to look normal was normal. But the next day, when he saw that, she she was not there any longer. So basically, he almost kind of just made up his own rule and said he was protecting her from me. Because he was probably thinking, well, what if they can't make it financially? Well, you don't have to be rich to make it financially. Some people are rich and then they get together and it doesn't ever work out. But this is, this is not just, so I'm not just talking about work. I'm talking about my personal life here. My personal struggle 
of of having simple things in life. And a lot of people, I mean, I, I just don't want, and this is why I don't talk about this all the time, because it becomes a lingering BS issue. Okay, and I don't want people to 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 think that this is every day of my life because it's not. And to tell you the truth, I'm gonna tell you the truth. You know how I don't think about being disabled. I don't think about not wanting to be with a girl. I've kind of blocked that thought out. I blocked out having kids, wanting to have kids, because I, at one time when I was younger, I really wanted to have a wife and kids, but I blocked that out. I blocked those type of wants and needs that everyone wants, and I blocked them out. And I almost live in this little world of mine that I, it's a make-believe world, okay? So I almost like... So this is why my friends are much more important to me. This is why I have my friends come over. We play cards. This is why we go. This is why I go to bars and restaurants downtown. And I sit next to a couple. And if they're willing to talk to me, they're my friends for that night. Or this is a good example of why uh, Grand Rap is brewing Gary. I call him Gary, well, his name is Gary. I call him Grand Rapids Brewing Gary because that's, that's where I met him. But he's my political guy. But he's one of the only people at that place, that bar, that will talk to me. And sometimes Gary is in a good mood, and most time, like most time, he's in a good mood, and every once in a while, he's in a bad mood. Uh, you're, but, but, that's how I meet people downtown. And I'm not really there to try to make them to become my new best friend. Because I don't want to be the third wheel. Because being the third wheel is always the strangest things in the world. People with disability, sometimes us men, we are the third wheel or the fifth wheel or the seventh wheel all the time. And a lot of times... What happens is that I make fun of myself for being disabled or looking like I'm disabled or acting like kind of like an imbecile to make people laugh. But in a lot of ways, that's that's really, really uncomfortable because that's my only way that I can. Uh, that's the only way that I can uh, lighten up the mood, light up the, the moment. That's. And by the way, when I'm looking outside, I'm out out of my window while I do this podcast, I can see someone across the apartment buildings across from me looking at me. So this is why I'm kind of losing focus. But but I don't want to be the fifth wheel. I don't want to be the third wheel. I don't want to be the seventh wheel. I, want, I would really like to have a, a female companionship. And a lot of people say, well, you must be gay. Why do I have to be gay? Why do I have to be disabled? Why does a disabled man have to be a homosexual? Why can't we have things of what other heterosexuals have? Why do I have to date somebody who's unattractive to me? When I mean unattractive, I mean someone that doesn't keep their bodies in shape, someone that 
is, you know, a lot of times now I have to date women who are not attractive anymore. They've had their kids in their 20s. They have their ex-husbands who are gone or left them. And now they're in that, almost that grandma mode. And now they have kids who are in their 18 or 20 some years old. But now I have to deal with saggy boobs and and that when women get to a certain age, they have that skin that dries up and it's red or something. It's so weird. It's a weird look that a lot of, unfortunately, what happens when you get old. And a lot of people will tell you this. A lot of people tell me this. Well, you shouldn't be so judgmental. You're disabled. You should be able to to uh, accept people for who they are. You, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to accept people for who they are. But I, I tell you the truth, folks. I don't think I have to downgrade my my happiness because I'm disabled. I'm not saying I should be married to a supermodel or a woman who's super athletic looking with nice tight boobs and nice butt and a pretty face. But I don't need to be dating a woman who's who's looking like she's 55 when she's only 42. I mean, that's that to me is bullshit. You know, in some ways... In some ways, what what happens to people with disability is that we we miss out of our teenage years or our teenage expression years. We miss out of dating women our age. We miss out we we miss out the dating spectrum of having fun. I guess that's what I'm saying. I'm having fun. We we miss out of that development of maturity. So, and I've said this in my podcast before. Men who look at porn and they look at porn of women who are very young and they're and the guys who are watching porn are very old, are very immature. So I think, but maybe things never change. Maybe some things never change. Maybe we always will be into women who are younger and more fit or or more uh, sexually attractive. Maybe that's always going to be the case. But this is what's really happening: is that is that is that if I was able to date. Or women were allowed to 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 enjoy my company in my twenties, in my thirties, I'd probably be okay of dating women my age. And if I had kids that were growing older and were dating and having girlfriends or boyfriends or starting to have kids, then that's the development of my life. That would have happened naturally. But because I was never allowed to express those thoughts and ideas. I did not maturely grow, maturely grow up. And now I'm in this time zone 
where I'm always in my 20s. I feel like I'm always in my 20s. And every day in my life is passing by. And, and I can't really do much about it. There's not enough science out there to fix my brain. To, to tell my brain to be able to be smarter. To be able to learn faster. To, learn, to be able to be able to learn complex ideas and thoughts. To learn, be able to have a career that making $100,000 a year or $200,000 a year. My brain doesn't, I don't, we don't live in a world of science like that yet. So it sounds like I'm complaining, but I'm not. I'm really just am kind of stuck. And unfortunately, I have to live in a world where everybody's having, everyone's progressing. And I am still not progressing. I'm falling behind and behind. And I have to ignore my 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 true feelings of having a relationship because I have to be common sense, logical. Oh, women don't like me because the way I look. No, they like you, but you don't display enough confidence. But they still don't like you because you're confident or you're overconfident. But you just don't have it, kid. You just don't have that look. You just don't have it. You don't have that look that women just like, oh, man, really want to be with him. That's the guy I want to have sex tonight. No, disabled people don't have that. Unless women are really fetishly weird. And some women are really fetish. But... But where are you going to find them? On, on Tinder? I mean, it's 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 a weird it's a weird life to live. It's a weird life to live to know that to be, know that you're more mature, or you try to be much mature mature, but but you're always going to be in last place. You know, my God, I'm so sorry for being like for being down or I, I I don't even think I'm depressed. I'm just kind of just kind of set back of how life is so blah. You know? I mean a lot of my friends just tell me to stop complaining. A lot of people tell me to stop uh feeling sorry for myself. But you know if you're fat you can lose weight sometimes. If you're dumb, if you want to learn more new stuff, you'd start to read more, and you, then you become smarter. If you want to get a higher-paying job, you go to college. If you don't want to go to college, you can go to trade school. You work with two hands. I mean, sometimes the only thing I wish I'd had was a left hand that worked. If I had a left hand that worked, my life would be a lot easier. I think I would be able to make an extra $10,000 a year. And then I would have the extra $5,000 a year to go on a, on a date. And then women would not look at me like I was a like I was an imbecile. I really do wish, the only real thing I really do wish is that I had a left hand. 
or a body as a mature male. My body, I, when I would, when the best way to describe my body is like a 15-year-old boy or teenager. So even though I have gray hair and even though my face is a relatively young but mature, the rest of my body looks like I'm 15 years old. And a lot of people think that women want a, a body that looks like a 20-year-old. But the honest truth is, is that they want a, a man that looks like a man, not a boy. That's a very true story. Or a person that acts like a man and looks like a man. And a lot, a lot of times, because I am disabled, I don't act like a fully developed man. So, I hope this helps somebody out there, or someone can explain to me my, 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 uh, my theory or my thoughts or anything. I really didn't think this was going to go for 45 minutes. But I hope this helps somebody out there. I hope you have a, a sense of understanding of where I'm coming from. But from there, I'm going to let it go. Uh, of course, one day, someday I'll talk about being depressed again or sad or disappointed Maybe I'll talk about being disappointed again in the next year when I'm in this scenario again. But peace, love, and uh, if you're disabled, take care of yourself. Uh, I'm usually a really positive person, so by tomorrow morning, I may totally forget about this. But take it as a grain of salt. Try to be happy. And uh I'm out. Peace. And thank you for listening to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. Peace. Ugh. I didn't even want to advertise myself. <laughs>